Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's a cat over here, there's a cat over there, and the wrong one died, and the wrong one died. Welcome to The Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the cast catastrophe. I'm your host, Mike Abrams, and today we are celebrating Andrew Lloyd Webber. With Phantom of the Opera set to close on Broadway, I have been having a handful of what I have been calling Phantom Cats on the podcast. So today my guest has been performing with Phantom of the Opera, but before that, he was Buster Jones and Gus and Growl Tiger in many productions of Cats. I am very excited to have him. So welcome, Richard Poole, and thank you for joining me. Uh, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm glad to represent the Cat Nation. Cat Nation, um, you know, as you as you said, it's been years since you've done this, and also I have to start by now. You told me before we started that uh, I, this is your first podcast. I'm honored to uh, <laughs> to have you, uh, and that your first podcast is going to be talking about the wrong Jellicle choice. So what a, what a way to kick off the podcasting uh, career! Absolutely, getting back my revenge. Yeah, I love it. So yeah, I love that. And of course, Gus Gus is ready. Um, let's start with your issue of cats because you were, and I'm going to, I'm going to read these in order. You are in the, these are number, but the U S uh, tour number one, the U S tour number three, the U S tour number four, and then the original Broadway, uh, production. So you predate the 1998 movie and, you know, all the, you know, the, the way that a lot of people got to know cats cause you were in the very, very early stages of it. So what was your introduction to the music? To cats? To cats. Yes. Well, I saw it uh, probably uh, maybe a year into its run, and um, I, I, I really thought that there was really nothing in the show for me, um, um, but I wanted to do it because it was a hot item, and I wanted to be in, in something that was you know going to give me at least some work for a while. So by the time I got hired for the show... I had already auditioned for the show for four four times, and then uh, the fifth time I auditioned, they had told me in my previous auditions that I was I looked too young, and I just didn't know what that means because you know you're wearing fifteen pounds of makeup and a yak wig, and I'm going seriously, I'm not too young, you know, I, I'm too young. Anyway, I grew a beard and got and 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 I I got hired for a replacement in the first national in Chicago in January of 1986. And that was my beginning of my my cats my cats world. 
So I did that for um, about eight months, and then they were beginning a new tour, the Third National, and they cast me to originate Gus in that company, and I did the complete run of that company until uh, September of 88. So that that tour ran for uh, uh, two years. So you're the first person I've talked to on the uh, first tour, and I'm curious to hear, because this is like the, from what I've read about it, it's the first time that this, you know, you did long stays at places, but it was the first time that this was out in big cities, you know, like this is still relatively new. So I always love to hear like, what was the reaction to something so unique at the time coming around the country? Like I'm from the Midwest. So I always just think like, what would happen the first time cats came to Indiana? And what would that have been like? What would that reaction have been like? So you're really bringing this to a lot of the country pre-social media, pre a lot of these things, like how did, how did the world react when, when you brought this from city to city? Well, cats was a phenom, a phenomenon in itself, uh, because it, it, it was something that people had never seen. I mean, the fact that a musical could succeed with, you know, adults dressed up like cats on a stage. I mean, it was, and when it became, you know, became a hit, we would go to, uh, you know, like Chicago is where I joined the first national and it had already been there for probably three months. And we, we were there for nearly a year at the Schubert there. And every time that, uh, people would, uh, uh, know, or (laughs) be hinted at that we were part of the cats company they would just be effusive in their you know excitement about it and it was one of those things that you could actually you know get a pretty good table at a restaurant by dropping the c word and so we did we did that a lot but cats had i mean people were blown away we were you know we were sold out the whole run, Andrew Lloyd and and this, uh, Sarah Brightman came out there and visited the company. It was it was incredible, you know. And it's a first. It was that. a first natural that co- of that company, and it was it was uh, a lot of that company came to Broadway eventually. Mm-hmm. So it, incredible talents. I can just imagine you walking up to you know a, a, a Chicago restaurant and feeling like. I am uh, Buster for Jones, and I would like a table for four right now. <laughs> well, they they didn't they didn't they didn't wouldn't say it like that, but you know you could say I'm in I'm in you know cats, and I and uh, these are my friends from out of town. I wonder if you can you know give us you know an accommodation. They'd be very 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 helpful. So it was it was nice. It was a nice perk a nice perk to have. But yeah. cats was cats was especially in the in the early days was a hot ticket. Everybody wanted to see it. They wanted to know what the fuss was about. People that couldn't mm-hmm. get to New York. So it was it was great. It was an incredible time. And and uh, I, I didn't I didn't take over the role of Gus until I went into the third. So I did not I did not do uh, I did not I was not contracted for Gus on the first national. I was only an understudy mm-hmm. there. And you're in the cats chorus, right? I was in the yes, I was in the booths. I sang all the, yeah, sang that yeah. the whole whole time. Yeah. So then you and, uh, you know originate it in the third tour, so you get to kind of go on um, I, for for Buster for Jones, Gus and Growl Tiger. I always love to hear like I've talked to actually a lot of that cast. We did a live event uh, on when we reopened and had a lot of fun with the the U.S. tour three, uh, which is strange because it still feels like one of the main like true tour tours. This is it was the real right. first tour. 
Uh, right. But but when you kind of had that experience and you're really getting to to do all the rehearsals, all the stuff versus coming in as a replacement, I, I want to go to like, what were you told? Like, what was the, what were you given as backstory? Do you remember the, here's how you need to kind of think and play about the Buster for Jones and Gus characters? Well, I had, I had gone on many times in the first national already mm-hmm. when I originated the role. So I knew, I, I knew what they wanted directorially. So, um, one of the assistant directors became the full director for the third national and we uh you know it was it was a a great uh, a great time a great breath and we all rehearsed uh for the first time you know learning the show and i was requested not to tell people initially that i had done the show before because they wanted me to go through the process with everybody and so, you know, you start out in the process of cats, you know, on all fours and you do all that. And so you, you learn how to, to grow from a feline to a human to a hybrid, you know, so you can make make the show work, work for you. But we, you know, we start out, you know, like cats on the floor and we and we evolve till we can, you know, stand on two two legs and sing, sing like humans. <laughs> so. <laughs> So it's so, such an interesting thing to just hear you say. And I was like, you just basically trained to be a cat and then you had to figure out that you had to, it's that hybrid piece that makes it so interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because we were told, we were told specifically that we were never to meow. We could never make a meow sound. We could never make a hiss sound. All, you know, this, the, the sound, the sound. Everything that we did was based more on a physical representation than a vocal representation because it would muddy everything else that, you know, Mr. Weber was trying to get across. So, um, so I, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's such a fascinating piece of, of the, the training for that. And then you go on tour and this is again, another, the first time that this is reaching a lot of cities. And I think you had, I've heard about a ton of the different experiences and you did, uh, you know, I remember you did a, a Broadway Cares or, you know, you, you did a fundraiser for the AIDS epidemic and all things that was happening to you. Um, but that was a three-ish year, I think two or three year, um, pretty robust and lengthy tour. And it's the same kind of questions. Like, I know you were in Chicago for a while and you could get wherever reservation you want, but what was the reaction city to city? Like, was this also the, the first time most of these people had a chance to see it if they didn't go to New York or London? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it was the hot ticket. It was, you know, it's the first time that Cats had ever played uh, Chicago. And it was, you know, we, like I said, we were sold out all the time. Uh, and it was, it was incredible. So let's let's pivot to the uh, U.S. Tour 4. So this is now five years later from the right. tour. Uh, and I know you, you got to do a couple things um, in between, but... What kind of, you know, what would, had you come back to this new tour? Was it an itch to, to be, to be Gus again, or was it no. obviously just, uh, uh, the next step of the career? No, I had been in Europe for a year and I came back in December and, um, uh, December of 92. So, uh, I think it was March of 93 Tara Rubin calls me and asks if I would be interested in coming out and do a paternity leave cover she says you won't have to go on all you have to do is sing in the booth and whatever and I said yeah no worries 
So uh, I went out there and did that. I think the contract was for like 17 weeks or something like that. And so during that time, I went on and and performed at understudy rehearsals and, and that sort of stuff and went on several times. And uh, then they offered me the contract. And I, I did that for uh, a year through uh, December of, of 94. And then they brought me to Broadway in uh, December of 94. So I went, I went out there with no intention of doing it. I did it as a favor for Tara Rubin casting person and you know and i had no intention of staying there because as far as i was concerned i'd already i'd already done as much as i could do and i i said once i did done two years on that cats tour i said i'll never do another show for two years i'm too itchy to be creative <laughs> to do something like that i can't i know it's told you now funny considering that yeah i didn't realize that once you grab that brass ring you want to hold on to it pretty tight yeah, you know hello, doing that if yeah, like doing a long run, doing a long run of anything gives you the 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 flexibility and the freedom to actually plan things. You know that you can you can feel like that you can have more more of a life rather than a, you know a struggling actor. And in the eighties, you know those those were the those are the the uh, shows that were were running. You know, and they kept running and running and running and running and running. So I had no intention of going back into Cats, but when they offered me the the Broadway thing, I said, oh, yeah, I'll go back home. You know, I'll do that. So that's when I came back home and I didn't go back out on the road anymore. I'd been on the road for about 15 years with various shows. So I, be I would refresh it, it to kind of have it, like to be able to settle down a little bit and have, a, you know, one place. And then I think you did, you know, you did the Broadway Cats for four years, right? Uh, three and a half years. Yeah, I was the longest running. I was the longest running Gus in the in the production. Wow! I hope you're having a jellical ball. We'll be right back after this quick break. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. That's uh, kind of fascinating to me. You know, it's, what's so funny is is, is the way uh, our minds think is when, as you were saying that, you were thinking about this from a uh, family and roots and stable income. Right. And I'm sitting here going, wow, you know, that's got to be so interesting with being able to think about all the different ways you could think about Gus's backstory and how you could play it differently every night. And, all, you know, like I'm, th- I'm thinking from right. the, the character development side of this, uh, which I think is a good segue of, of the... You know, you, you were the longest running guest. And so when you're doing that and you're playing a role that is like, I think what's so interesting about cats and why this, you know, really this podcast has been really exists is because I can have this similar conversation, but it's also so different conversation so many times is that there's not a, a direct answer to most things. And I think when you've done this and you did this for almost six, seven years total, um, and most of the time as, as, as Boss and Gus, um, how did you over those times? Like, did you play with kind of what Gus's backstory is and what his like history is to keep it fresh? Like, 
or was it already becoming fresh because you had different people coming in and out and that gave you different relationships to play with and and stuff like that like as an actor how do you go about that when you're doing a role for so long well the 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 simple answer is that it's never exactly the same production ever you will have you never never will have that same audience again you'll never have the same orchestra their subs and stuff people on stage there's always a dynamic that can change and if you start to to change your character or what you perceive as what you're giving as your character on stage because you perceive the audience is not getting it or appreciating it or whatever it is, you start to change it. You get into a very slippery slope there where where you lose the nucleus of what your character is. So when I developed my characters that I only I only wavered um of very few things you know just fine-tune them or change them a little bit and i'd always take notes i was a good note taker and so you would have people that would come in either the choreographer or the director or whomever the production supervisor and each of them would have notes and sometimes they would be contradictory so depending on the who person that was there you'd be doing that note but that the show constantly changed and you change with that and i think that the core of my character stayed the same but um i i will say that on broadway doing the show as long as i did on broadway I had a chance to really explore uh, exactly what the core of that character was. Number one, because in the Winter Garden there, you are so close to the audience and you even have people that are seated on the stage there who are behind you in that number. And it is you on stage with the spotlight. And it, you, I mean, you are as naked as an actor can be there. You know, it's, it's all, it's all you. And that's such a responsibility to hold that in your hand. And I, when I first came into the show and Stanley Lebowski was the musical director and, and they called him the little Nazi, you know, he was such a, a strong and, and prominent character and, and, and feared by everyone. And I told him, I said, I said, I said, please give me notes. I want to be the best I can. Please do not make me look like a fool on stage. And he said, I would never do that. But he says, you have to give people the core of what the text is. Tell the story. Just tell the story and the rest will be done for you because of the music and everything else. And that's what the challenge is every night is to tell the story, mm. period. Did you, you think know? a lot about like I think what's so unique about Cats is it's it's a world that was built that has some things in the text, like you're saying, that's very definitive. And then a whole lot that's just a lure that's like telephone, as you hear and, and as as you said, changes and could be yeah. a different person and that you know, hearing you say you got contradictory things is like is the most interesting piece for me because I'm hearing that already. I'm hearing that this person is the mom and this person's not the mom and this could be exactly. your sister. This is not your sister. So how much did you try to take as fact for, or, or how, what was your Gus, especially like, what was the relationships that you played that you were, this was my interpretation. Absolutely. No one could tell me otherwise. Um, you mean, was there anything I was married to? Yeah. I, mean, I think in my yeah. performance. 
I think, um, like, if, when I think about Gus, and I think about there's a relationship with, with Joey Lorem, and then there's some potential other, like, what's the relationship with Old Durotomy and all the different characters, and then there's, you know, there's some of these unwritten thoughts to this. Is like, is Joey your caretaker or not? Is it your potential daughter or niece? Or what is that version? And it's so unique because you just hear so many different answers to that question. And well, you know, we we at, at different points were given, you know, we were given uh, exposés about what the people in charge had figured was the backstory for each of these characters. You know, with with Demeter, you know, being assaulted by McCavity and all this stuff and and Tugger having, you know, relationship with by I mean, it's all, you know, everything is is contrived. This is for 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 people, especially because we had a lot of young people, you know, who were green, very good dancers, very good gymnasts, that sort of stuff, athletic and whatever. But they were green as far as stage performers. And they were having to tell a story of a story that was very, um, uh, how shall we say, light uh, in 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 the in what the weight of what the text is. It's you know it's it's uh, Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats. You know it's 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 poems. And so you have to the people on stage, especially when the choreography is you know injected into it, there has to be a motivation for them to do something other than a choreographer telling them go from A to B. You know, if they know that they're supposed to be afraid of this cat or they're supposed to, you know, be isolating this one or ignoring that one or hate that one or whatever, there has to there it, it, it they gave us this to give us a sort of a path that we could go on. So everybody was kind of on the same page. Yeah. You understand? Yeah, th- yeah. I mean, that makes sense. I think that's what's fascinating about it is that you, you have some, you have some ability to tweak within the realm of the world. Like there's obviously, you know, you can't completely change uh, a personality or a, a, a staging, but you could one day play that this is maybe sister or friend. And that's not that different, and that's where we have a little bit of of that freedom, right? Right. There was a there there was definitely a hierarchy in the in the cats in the cats world. There was always, you know, not not just the fact that you know there were principal principal contracts and and ensemble contracts, but the fact that there were characters. Uh, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with what happened initially in the show that Equity came in after the show was mounted and decided who was going to be principals and who was not going to be principals be- and uh because it was kind of like course line it originated as a favored nations contract where everyone would get the same salary and that you know equity came in and said no that didn't work so some of the people some of the people like for instance bombayurina demeter jelly lorem uh those three girls i think should have been principal characters but they weren't so they were featured and therefore they got run of the play contract so so marlena danielle who was the original bombayurina was the only uh, actor who made it to the very end yeah and so that is i did not know that history um and it's it's kind of interesting because when i did my first 10 episodes leading up to the movie i was trying to figure out which 10 you do um and i just kind of went on who sings their songs yeah who, who has a song about themselves but that's right. not when you see it that's not really i mean I, that's 
But Buster Jones is a perfect example. He's got a song, but it's part of right. friend Gus. And, right. and so there is a, a, that's kind of a fascinating piece. I'd never thought about that. And again, I don't think that much about the the, the mechanics of the Broadway world of this. I just, I've thought right. so much about the Jellicles, like purely right. the Jellicles, right. which, which makes this show really interesting when I learn pieces like that of how do you think about that? How do you... You know, how did equity come up with those decisions? And then, you know, it doesn't feel right or not. That's yeah, always up for right. me. Um, right. I want to pivot to Phantom. Um, okay. Because this is, you know, this this has been a fun, uh, this is will be the last episode of of Sticks where I have talked to what I've called the Phantom Cats. And, you know, I think there's <laughs> an obvious, uh, with two, you know, with, with the shows and two Andrew Weber shows and two shows I've run for a long time and a long time on Broadway, um, you know, it's it, it makes sense that there's a crossover, but they're also so vastly different shows. So, uh-huh. you know, you've been in Phantom for a while and um, have done uh, a couple different roles, but tell me about your, like, Phantom history of how you, you know, originally kind of got your first taste of it and then, you know, you on Broadway and then especially with now with it closing on Broadway, how that's been. All right. Well, I was I, I was doing uh, Cats and I, I did, I stayed till the record breaker and... Uh, which was in 97 and so when it got to the spring of 98 i was like uh, there's nothing more i can do with the show i've done everything that i can possibly do so i was looking for something a change and uh there was an opening in the ensemble of uh, phantom and my musical director and and uh cats was a, was a musical director in phantom as well and so i auditioned for that that spot and was offered an ensemble role and um I went into the company and decided to to stay with uh, uh, you know with the contract that would last through the run of the play and not have to worry about getting renewed every six months as a principal. <laughs> so that was a nice relief. Yeah. So it's yeah. the ninety eight time frame. What is this at the end of the the catch run? Uh, it was the it, it was night uh, nineteen ninety eight. They lasted for another three years, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After that, yeah. Okay. And and uh, yeah. And I, you know, that was, that was a big, it was a big, huge celebration because that was the first show to break chorus lines record, which they had held for a long time. It was, I think 15, some 15 years it had run. So it was a huge, huge, huge deal. So everybody that ever had anything to do with, with cats and, and all the people that were there, you know, in the, in the former cast and everything were there. It was, it was quite quite monumental and i was so happy to be able to to be in that company it was amazing yeah so you basically go from cats to phantom it's andrew and robert andrew and weber but again really different shows so what was yeah well this is the fourth i've done four comp four shows of of uh of weber's i did three companies of joseph uh wow. back in the early 80s i did a national tour the fourth national tour of evita in 1985 so this was my fourth company of weber so weber has always been very very good to me yeah uh, uh, <laughs> and uh, and i appreciate uh, i mean uh, everything he's done but i i i like his music i i love singing his music mm. uh it's you know it's and and, and you are absolutely correct in the diversity of all four of those how 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 different it is and you know uh my uh 
my exposure to that. I, w- I was used to that. I knew the show. I knew the show very well. I, I knew the music. I'd sung all of the Phantom stuff in concerts and, and whatever, you know, for benefits and that sort. So I was familiar with the music. So it was very easy for me to go into that show also because I didn't have to, I didn't have to dance like I danced to cats. Yeah. So, so it, that, that in itself was a completely different mindset because all of a sudden I was uh, in a, a group of, of, of actors, not that the cats people weren't actors, but they were dancers first. You know, and then they they were actor great actors on top of that. Well, the, you know the the people in in Phantom were great singers first, and then actors, and then dancers. So you have that, except for a ballet course, of course. But uh, you know, you have you have that, and it it was a it was a wonderful change for me to be able to 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 feel like I could relax in a show and not feel like I was under the microscope all the time. Yeah, I'm sure the first uh, first time that you went out, you didn't have to do a what 13 minute Joel ball straight through dance number and you're probably thrilled to, to not have to do that yeah it's amazing and not have to have your unitard peeled off of you every night yeah totally. because you're so, so yeah it's a, it's a whole different mindset and you know it's 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 great I, i've had an incredible incredible time in in phantom you know i, I wouldn't have been there had it not been for cats mm-hmm so I want to talk a little bit about now, you know, when we, before we started recording, we were talking about how, you know, the, for me, Phantom was kind of a, it always been something that's like, oh, I'll just go see it eventually. You know, it's, it's, and I think a lot of people on, on in New York are like that, which it's, it's been such Absolutely. a staple. And then this announcement comes and, and I think, you know, now it's sold out and, and people are ready to right. see it. It got extended again. But what was it, I mean, what was the moment like when you kind of heard that and that it, it just kind of came as a shock to especially the fans, but being someone working on the show, what was what was that like for you? Well, um, I've I've been out of the show since August sixth. I was on for my understudy, which is Andre, one of the uh, opera managers, the new opera managers. I was on the eleventh stair of the masquerade set and tripped over the cape that I was wearing and yeah. fell fell to the deck and ripped uh, the quadriceps off of my knee so uh i i won't go back into the show until march 6th so the initial closing of the show when they announced it was february 18th a friend of mine texted me who was in the show she said phantom is closing february 18th and i was like yeah right and she said no it's real and so at that point i was like i'm never going to do another phantom performance that's it i'm done but then they extended it and so i'm going back into phantom for the last six weeks of the run yeah that's, that's what a weird fate almost it's like you know this is it was going to be a you know almost a a, a farewell that you didn't get to really say goodbye to and then absolutely now you're getting the chance to kind of go in and 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 close versus um the injury kind of pre- preventing that which is is you know again unique right 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 exactly you know people were saying well you had a great exit <laughs> yeah, I was kind of going. That's not the way I wanted to exit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you never want to go out that way. You always want to go out your own way. And so, it's, I'm glad that you're getting the the chance to do that. Well, I'm looking forward to that. I mean, it's been you know when they when they decide to extend it, I was like, oh, should I go back? Should I go back? Because 
I've been working on my, you know, therapy and, and because I, I dance in the show, I'm, I'm in a little band. I, I dance around. So, uh, I have to be able to move. And so I've been really working on my therapy to get myself back in there. And I'm, I'm going to be ready to go back into the show March 6th and I'll have a great, you know, it'll be a great, great cherry on, on the cake. Yeah. Well, this episode airs, is airing right before that. So everyone oh, who's cool. listening to this, uh, you got you got about a week, I think, if you're listening to it on the first couple of days of it being being available to go get your tickets, and then you'll yeah. have I think a month and a half after that, unless they're right. their extension um, to go see. There won't be another extension. We've already been told that they yeah. they're they're planning a complete renovation of the Majestic Theater. Mm-hmm. They're 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 you know redoing it, and uh, they're getting ready. Uh, I'm sure you know it'll. Another show will go in there soon. But, yeah. you know, you can imagine what the stuff is that's underneath the sets and all that stuff, which hasn't been able to be cleaned in 35 years. So who knows what time? Yeah. <laughs> who knows what they'll find down there? <laughs> yeah. That is, um, yeah, it's going to be, you know, it, it's it's going to be an interesting one because I don't, again, I just don't think people expected it, but I'm glad that you get to, to kind of close it out. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to be. Yeah, I'm excited. I, and I know people that have seen it before and it's me- meant something special to them are trying to, you know, revisit that one more time before it goes. So it's it's sad. It's sad. But I'll tell you, it's it's been it's it's an amazing show and it will there will never be anything like it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really believe that, you know, it's you know, because it's part of my life now. I mean, it's been a major, major portion of my my life. And so I, I I give all the respect to everybody that I've ever worked for in 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 this production and and has been supportive of me and everything that I I, I can't be thankful enough to uh, express my so I feel very 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 fortunate to be able to go in and do that and so I hope everybody can come see the show if they can if they can find a ticket yeah if you can yeah if you can. Grab one or play the lottery. There's yeah, whatever ways to to still go see it for the remaining uh, few weeks. And I will tell you, the show is still as beautiful and crisp as it ever was. And when we came and, and rebooted the show, when we came back and opened October 22nd of 21, there was such a freshness in the show and such a, a new vision that they had created that made the show even brighter and crisper than it had been and a lot of people noticed the change and it was it was something that i think a lot of people were excited about seeing the kind of uh you know 2.0 phantom and uh that's that's i think has been instrumental in 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 having people uh appreciate the show for so long because i i think that you know, they've added so much and subtracted stuff through the years and everything, but the core of it has remained the same and it'll, it'll always be iconic. Yeah. And always. That's what, and that's what's been, you know, cool for, for these episodes I've done recently is it's like, it's two iconic shows that you get to, you know, we get to talk about two, right? These just like super well-known lengthy experience of, of Broadway yeah. and of, of the theater community. And so it's been, it's cool to kind of get to have episodes that talk about both of them right right yeah I, I mean you know there's a lot of similarities between the both of them and i think you know uh andrew lloyd weber at at the time that cats was running had starlight and phantom going at the same time so he had multiple shows you know going 
especially in the in the eighties. And uh, you know, he that was a that was the, those are the shows you wanted to get cast in. And 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 uh, again, you had the opportunity to go to other companies because it was so popular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's they're still going. So, um, I want to pivot back to do a quick rapid fire, but this is going to go back to cats. So. Put your cats, yeah. your cats, yeah. now back on. Put your your ears back on. <laughs> um, so the rapid fire: Who, if you could go on for one night only, uh, whether you're capable of doing it, singing, dancing, male, female, any cat, who would you want to play for one night? Which cat yep. would I want to play yeah. for one night? One night, yeah. Tugger, Tugger, just go out there and wreak Oh yeah, Love oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It's, your... it's, it's, it's the in your face. It's the in your face character. Then. I like it. It's, it's one of the most common answers. Oh, yeah. And Targer could get away with anything. You know, when you have a unitard that's shaded like that, and you look like you do just because of the shading on your unitard, trust me, you're going to use that as much as you can. <laughs> I love and they just, always did. Yeah, just go out there and wreak havoc, live your life. Don't care. Exactly. Exactly. That's yeah. the inner Gus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. Um, who are your favorite and least favorite cats, um, like characters? Characters? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, uh, uh, let me see. Who is my least favorite? Well, I'm going to have to say Gumby. Gumby, okay. I mean, I love the I love the actress, but I just hated that character. <laughs> and I just... I just thought it was ridiculous. I mean, come on. You have, number one, you have a cat that, that's so fast she can barely move and she's actually doing a tap dance with, you know, any, I, I can't, I can't, anyway, I, I can't go. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's, it's fun to hear who do like the, where it does, cause there's, there's so many variety of characters. That's like one. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, what about favorite? I, I also, I, I, I bomb Bell Urena. His favorite, it, yeah, it's one of my favorites, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she's the sex kitten, you know, she's the one. She's the you know, when she, I mean, her and Demeter together in that McCavity number is just so friggin' hot. And you know, they always cast Bomb the Arena, that curvy, sexy, hot, tall, usually tall, with that yeah. smoky voice and stuff. And you just, you know, he, he it was just. It was one of those things that, you know, you, you have a, you have a sex pot on stage and she, you know, she worked it and Marlena, you know, props to her. She's doing that for 18 years. I tell you, she has still had it together at the end. Yeah. She's it's a, it's such a number. It's such a number too. Cause it's, you know, there's, I having just saw, I just saw it recently, um, on stage on tour and, you know, there's not that many times where it's really one or two cats on stage. It's Mungo Jerry right. and Teaser and the two of them. And so your whole focus is on the two of them doing that number during the McCabe. Absolutely. And it really does kind of take over the stage. And it is, is to your point, it's an extremely sexual number. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of fun to, to see and watch. And, um, and, but then to think about the backstories too, of like what that number re- represents is. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, absolutely. What about favorite song from Cats? Favorite song, my song. Are you kidding? Okay, I love Gus. Gus, Gus, Gus yeah, it's uh, a beautiful melody. It's a it's a very sentimental song, and 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 I I just it's a I, I love it just because the melody. You know, I just think it's beautiful. It's it reminds me of a lullaby. Yeah. What um? Here's here's my fun my fun rapid fire question. 
is my fa- putting on my phantom hat. Which cat do you think would haunt a theater the best? <laughs> uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you, Buster Rajons, because he's looking at all the garbage cans back there in the alley. <laughs> Uh, the majestic and the golden and the and the Jacobs right there. <laughs> He's the one that's. Hey, you know, my, my I have two answers for this because I've, I've asked everybody and I've thought about it a lot. And I thought originally I was like, oh, it's got to be McCavity, right? Like that's the one that's kind of on. You know, be could be there. But then I more I thought about it. I thought Bus for two because I was like, you know, who's going to be so mad if you take their box seat? It's going to be Esther. <laughs> exactly. I've known those people. I've known Buster for Jones, especially yeah. in the theater. I've known so many Buster for Jones. So, but that was something, you know, the thing about my my role in cast was the fact that I got to play three distinctly different characters. And I think that I honestly believe that my track was the best in, in the in the show because you got to you you got to do the trifecta of acting. If you could do that, you got to do three completely different characters in one two two and a half hour show i loved it yeah even if they're small yep. you know even if they're small i mean it's hard for costume change and, and makeup change and all stuff you know i had to change makeup for each of those characters so but uh yeah i loved i loved cats i would never trade my experience for anything it, it got me to where i, I am today and mm-hmm. without a doubt Definitely. All right. We're here to the most important question. And I know Uh-oh. you're siding with me, so I'm excited to hear your your, <laughs> your uh, argument. But I've argued at length that I don't think Grizabelle is the right Jellical choice. It sounds uh-huh. like you agree with me. So who are you picking? Who's your Jellical choice? Really? Do I need to answer that? Let's just talk about stage time alone. <laughs> let's, just, let's just put it down to stage time, okay? Nothing else. Who has the most stage time in the whole entire show? It is. That's a good question. Is it Monka's Trap? Mm. Who, who actually has the most stage time? I don't know. I think it's me. I think it's Gus. I think Gus it's is- Gus Burrell Tiger Bus for Jones. I think it's that track. That track. And have, I guess you dance the opening number. You're on for. Yeah. I mean, it's very. I was trying to think if anybody else is is through all of the rest. Uh, well, Muckestrap is on stage most, most of the time, you know, he's a narrator. So of course he's going to be on stage a lot, but, uh, I don't, I just don't know quantity, but you know, I'm just talking about quality. Quality. <laughs> quality. I, you are, I will tell you, you're the most common, Gus is the most common answer. That's not Grizabella. Oh yeah. Well, that's true. You know, and Gus is one of the, <clears throat> see, because I think that because Gus is introduced at the top of the second act by Deuteronomy, I think it's 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 kind of like uh, you know kind of a gotcha thing for the audience because I think that Gus is the obvious choice that's going to be there. He, number one, he's the oldest, you know, uh, of of the tribe, I believe, uh, and and it's you know he's. He's he he's deserve he deserves it. You know he's worked hard as an actor. I've been done. His- I'm on the mindset that he should go this year and Grizabel can go next year. No, she's not ever going to go. She can't get up the heavy side layer with those heels on. I you know what I'm all for this. I've been you know everyone's slowly trying to like work me towards picking Grizabel, and I'm like yeah she can go next year, and you're just like nope never, no nope, never she's not going to do it. Nope, not going to do it. Okay, I'm, I'm with you. No, with that it. was wrong from the beginning. It was wrong. Send from her the back beginning. out. Send her back yeah. out of the tribe. Just send her back to the to McCavity's gang, and she's yeah. out there. No, not being no redemption story here. 
Exactly. Exactly. Well, if there had been a Cats 2, you know, I think Gus might have been chosen then because Grizabella had already been sent out into the Netherlands, right? And into the the ether, Netherland, Netherland, whatever. Yeah, I mean, Gus so. has got to go. I, I I think there's a, it's such a fascinating, if you, if you try to think, the most interesting questions I think right now still are is who was actually last year's choice? And then what are your next like five choices? Like, how do you make that decision? I asked every old Deuteronomy that because I challenge old Deuteronomies in the sense of like, do you have a consistent criteria or do you just make this up as you go? Like, what, how does this work? Like, it's a, it seems like it's just winging it if you've already decided and then all of a sudden somebody comes in and you're just going to change your mind five <laughs> seconds before the ending. You know, it seems a little, a little misguided. It seems very uh, whimsical. Well, it sounds manipulative to me. It's what I think it is. Yeah. So, you know, uh, the thing, uh, I, I mean, you know, the relationship between Gus and, and, and Deuteronomy is not strong enough to, to overcome the fact that, that, that uh, Deuteronomy feels like that, that, you know, this old haggard piece of whatever needs to be shot off in space. I think, so. I, I, I love this. I, I've always thought I was the most anti Grizabella. It sounds like you're right up there with me. <laughs> Uh, of of this, so this has been this has been phenomenal. <laughs> you know, I don't understand. I don't understand a lot of musicals that you have people that come out on stage literally for twelve minutes in the entire show, and they're the lead character. Yeah, they're I mean, this track. Yeah, it's it, oh, but yeah. it's like it's like everybody talks about this person, you know, this 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 character in third person, and then she finally appears, and I go, really? That's it? Yeah. You know, oh, no, 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 no. Go, oh, go, yeah. yeah. Get the next time you next time you watch this show, just get a time watch, time clock, you know, just to you know stopwatch, and and time it, just time the stage time, or just go, you know, onto YouTube and count it, and you, you'll see Gus Gus was robbed. I'll, I'll watch the NDA movie and see and see if I can get a, a counter. I'm sure, actually, I'm sure the the gel the Jellicle, like the junkyard and the fans, the cast fans, have, someone's probably timed this out already. And so, if oh, anybody has sure. it, let it send it send it my way. I'm, I'm sure there's a, a a stage time counter basically that everyone has, and it's it's definitely not Grizabella winning. She's at the, the bottom on the other side. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Well, this has been yeah. so fun. Um, I love the passionate <laughs> anti-Grizabella the argument here. Um, and I'm so glad that you get to, you know, to, to go back into to Phantom to thanks a lot. Shows. So, yeah, um, me too. Me too. Crazy. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, it's a it's a it's a great show and it and it it, it has uh, changed my life. So yeah. I'm very, very happy. Uh, both of those shows, Phantom and Cats, have both changed my life. So, you know, I, I, I owe all of my gratitude to those those people that have, have made it possible. So thank yeah. you. Well, I appreciate you coming on, doing your podcasting debut, and being an amazing <laughs> guest. Thank you, Ike. I appreciate it. Well, thank you, and thanks everyone else for listening to this episode of The Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the catastrophe. To follow along, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else to listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at The Wrong Cat Died, or check our website, thewrongcatdied.com.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.